Good evening from Southeast Asia. Uh, this will be podcast uh, episode or volume number 15 of the Southeast Asia Chronicle podcast things. we got so many podcasts going, I can't remember which one's which. Um, <clears throat> I hate the administrative side of this. I, I, I wish... I wish Lucy, the administrator, was back, you know, from the dead. Uh, and she could just administer everything, and I could just talk and talk and talk and talk. Okay. All tapes are copyright 2023 by stockphotosworldwide.com. You can go there to find all of our original content. Aliens, the good, the bad, and the ugly, everything. Probing, probing, probing. You can go to theyclaim.com to just go for the aliens. Um, you can go to the RSS feeds around the world for everything. Those are uncut. Those are uncensored. The RSS has not yet started to become anal retentive and woke and censoring shit to fit their own agendas. Uh, YouTube has. We only have a few things on YouTube. We hate them. God, we hate them. We hate them. I've told that story too many times. Uh, I don't know if we'll do anything more with YouTube or not. I just don't even know. I'm so tired of the censorship. Uh, we would never, ever, ever, not in 10 billion trillion years, do anything with Facebook. YouTube, probably not. But anyway, it's around. It's out there in the world, in the ether. You can find all that stuff. Okay. <clears throat> in the last tape, 14, this is 15, 14, <laughs> um, we talked a lot about girls and relationships in my early days in Thailand. And I did that to, so that you could imagine yourself going there. Cause those kinds of things are exactly, precisely, precisely what's going to happen to you. If you're a guy. Um, I've mentioned before, there's not much point in ladies going to Thailand. Other countries. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh God. Yes. Oh God. Yes. Um, not Thailand. There's no point. I mean, yeah, you can go. You can see the sights. You can go to some temples, uh, eat some food, or play with the monkeys, uh, take pictures of some wild elephants and stuff like that. There's no more wild tigers. You know, they ate all of them. There's drugged ones in the little mini zoos. Yeah, that's not too much fun. You go to some beaches. You know, okay, it's worth doing, but, you know, no ladies are going to go to Thailand and live. Hardly any. I, I, I know. God, I can, all the ones I know of over 10, 11 years, I can count them all on one baby hand, you know. They just don't do it. Thailand is just not a good place for them. But all the other countries, every other country, yes, absolutely. Yes, you can. You'll love it. Um, <clears throat> okay. Now, I've gotten backlogged with all these questions that come in from previous episodes. And I, I got a huge long list of them here. But I just sort of haven't addressed them, and now I'm just going to have to. Um, I have to, I have a little addendum to just about the last story we covered in, in 14. You know, refresh your memory on that. I'll just sort of summarize it if, you know, if you, if you didn't listen to that one. These really should go in order. They really should go in order. Uh, cause they, they make a hell of a lot more sense if they just go in order sequentially. Um, I talked about a girl who worked in a bar 
Mom had worked in the bar. She grew up in the bar. Mom taught her the bar. She worked there a long time. She was pretty. She was a she was a 10? Yeah, she was a 10. Uh, she had a lot of customers. Two, three, even four a day. Big money. They can stinking big money. Her prices, I recall, a lot of the girls would go for a thousand bucks. She was 2,500. And she could get it every time. Guys would just pay it. You know, 2,500 bucks, that's nothing to a guy coming there. You know, big vacation, that's nothing. He's never been with a girl like that in his life. Never will again. 2500 baht. Let's see, how much is that? Uh, 60 $75. Uh, so they just pay and pay and pay. Okay, so while she worked in the bar, <clears throat> she met a fling. And her mother taught her really well how to take down this fling. He was a big old fat engineer from the U.S. He, she was uh, 33, he was 65. And he loved, loved, loved her, and he married her and built her a big custom sprawling home 60 or 80 miles north of where this bar was. Huge, almost a complex, like a movie star home. And he would come down whenever he could. When he, whenever he could get time off of work, he'd come down for a three-month uh, tourist visa. Oh, I just didn't get a retirement visa. I don't know what the hell did. And anyway, he would stay in the home that he built with his wife. Um, and, of course, they slept together. Her brother stayed there. Uh, she was pretty good about not letting the rest of her family stay there. Just the brother. Just the one brother. He was nice. The Falang got along with him really well. They were best buds. They just loved each other. They did everything. They went fishing. They went motorbiking. They went hiking. They went to the movies together. They were best buds, best buds, barbecues, you know. Um, the brother could speak uh, passable English, and it was good, good life. Um, and we all watched that unfold. And we all knew that... When he was due to, when, when the flying was due to, to show up, the brother had to move out of the woman's room, because that's where he slept, in the bed with the woman, because that was her husband, except the flying was her husband, except the Thai guy was her husband. It wasn't her brother. Okay. So the husband would show up and, uh, Oh, honey, I missed you. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then when the, when the falling left, the, the Thai husband moved back into the bedroom and, you know, they, okay. This kind of thing is so common. It's just stupid. It's stupidly common. It's not, you know, nobody made any issue out of it because half the other girls in the bar were doing the same kind of goddamn shit. Or if they didn't, they wanted to. Okay, so <laughs> she was in the bar one night and she had a new baby from somebody. 
<laughs> either from the tie guy or from the fling or from the the pool man or uh, I don't know. <laughs> she probably didn't know. Or some maybe some customer in the bar. She still worked in the bar, not a lot, but she did um just to get fucked, I think. She didn't need the money anymore if the line was taken care of. She just liked to be fucked by strange guys. Phalangs, preferably. Uh, so she'd work in the bar like one, maybe two days a week, something like that. And then she went home to her complex, you know. Anyway, so she had a baby. She had a baby was, uh, I don't know, three, four, five months old, something like that, little baby. And she had him in the bar. And when she went with a customer, somebody else would hold the baby and she'd be back in an hour, you know, like that. Boy, are you listening to this? Because this is going to be your life if you go to that country. Well, it's going to be your life in any Southeast Asian country, but more so in Thailand, but pretty much also in any other Southeast Asian country. This is Southeast Asia. This is how it works. Listen. You know, imagine yourself in this situation, because if you go down there, you're going to be in this situation. Okay, so this girl's in the in the bar one night. She got her baby, and I was in there. <clears throat> I was sitting quite a ways away from her. I could see her across this little area. She was sitting at the bar. I was also at the bar, but in a whole different area. And uh, I had family come to visit. And I, and I took him to this bar for the first time to just show them they want to know where you hang out. Well, this is where I hang out. And uh, so they're walking around, and uh, I got pretty special treatment in there. And the mama-san took one guy and was showing him around and like this and that. And, uh, and this guy saw this girl. I swear to God, his jaw dropped open. It's like, uh -huh. I didn't know there was girls like that in the world. Who wants a skank like Miss Universe? Oh, fuck that. No, 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 no. I want this one. This is the one. And he just went right over and sat by her. Nobody was sitting by her. He just sat down there talking. She had really good English. And that's usually a, a pretty accurate indicator of how, well, how many guys they fucked. They don't learn English that well in the universities. So if their English is abnormally good, that's where they got it. Okay. So he sat there for seven, eight minutes, I think. And I just, I finally looked up, I saw him over there and I said, oh, no, 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 don't, don't be talking to that one. No, 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 I'll tell you about her later. You know, I didn't say that. I was too far away, but I was watching him and I was thinking that. And she was feeding him some kind of bullshit. I don't know what it was. I don't know what the story was that she fed him. And he's looking at the baby and the plane with the baby, you know. She's probably saying, oh, God, I'm, I'm hungry. The baby doesn't have milk, you know. I don't know. Oh, God, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow because we don't have any. Probably that was the story because she was that much of a master. And when I finally got the idea, I better fucking get over there. <laughs> I, I got to head this off. Whatever's going on, I got to head this shit off. I was not going to let him <sighs> crawl off with her. And uh, I got there, and just as I got there, he's given her this lot of money, American bills, 
I can't remember how much it was. It was 100 or 200 US, something like that. I can't remember. A lot of money for a tiger. A lot of money. Uh, you know, that was three tricks probably right there. And he, and he just slipped it to her and gave her a little pat and patted the baby and said, this is for the baby, you know, now he can have food. And I was, I was like two seconds too late to snatch it back from her, you know, it went down her bra or some goddamn thing. I couldn't get at it. And I got him out of there, just got him out of there quick as I could. And told him later what she was. So the point is, you go down there, you're going to be that family guy. And you're going to fall for that shit just like he did. Now, I had been working on him for years, years, telling him all these horror stories about Southeast Asia, Thailand. I had been prepping him because I knew he was coming. And I'm training him, trying to make him uh, cranky, you know, cynical. And that's how well it worked. He popped away two, three hundred bucks there in the space of, you know, eight minutes. Now, you guys listening, you chances are very high. You don't have anybody telling you this shit. You, you go out of YouTube and you, and you listen to the travel logs, you know. Oh, Thailand is pretty, it's beautiful. Oh. Okay, you're not getting the goddamn story on YouTube because YouTube censors every motherfucking thing. And they cannot tell you the truth on YouTube. All they can say is silly, frilly, fluffy shit. YouTube is nearly fucking worthless because of their censorship attitude. Uh, I mean, Facebook plowed the road. YouTube's driving on it. And I don't know what they're thinking. I did a whole, uh, I did a whole podcast about YouTube. And, and this insanity of theirs, I, it's somewhere, where is it? I'm not, it's on the stockphotosworldwide.com. I'll make sure it's on this page if it isn't already, anyway, on the Southeast Asia Chronicle page. I'll make sure it's on there. Um, it probably is already. So he had been prepped. He had been advised and warned and trained and still... He still did this to one of the skankiest females on the face of the earth. Two or three hundred bucks. Gone. He, he could have just dropped it down the drain into the sewer. sewer. Would have gotten more enjoyment out of that. I would have. Um, so if you're not trained, if you're not listening especially closely to these tapes, and you go down there and you don't have me sitting across the bar watching you, watching every move. You're going to get fucked over so bad you just can't even comprehend it. Because if that's you, this girl's going to take you home. Somewhere, not to her complex, but to some shitty little room she's got somewhere, some little fuck room. And she's going to confess that she had a husband, you know, but he beat her. and He tied her up and let the buffalo fuck her, you know. Like that. Oh, he's a bad, 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 bad man. Oh, God. And she just, she'll cry. She'll fall into your arms when she's naked. And, and she'll just cry and cry and cry. And then while she's sobbing, you know, she'll start dry humping you. 
And you're just in love. You never experienced anything like that in your life. And you're in love. You're in love. You, you would die. You would kill. You would kill the population of the earth for this girl. Because you must have her heart. If there's nobody there to, you know, put the hook around your neck and drag you off that stage. I'm just going to keep harping on that all the way through it. And I know it's not working. I know, I know when you, even if you believe all this shit and you get there, it's just going to go out the window, gone. Because this one, you know, you're a judge of human character. You know this one is okay. You know it. Stick your life on it. Well, you are sticking your life on it because they kill a lot of guys in the rooms. They do. And even after they marry them, pretty often they kill them then because they're not getting as much of their bank account as they hoped. And so they just kill them. Go run up their, their ATM cards. Get into their bank account somehow. I had one do it. I had one try it. Well, she did. She got a lot of money. Um, and we'll go through that one too. But anyway, so the bad girl, bad story, bad relative, <laughs> you know. I okay, now what did he do? Did he learn? Okay, I'll tell you what happened to him. We went to another bar. God, it might have been the same night after I told her that truth. Might have been the same night. We went to another bar just a hundred yards away. And that was a big jumping raucous bar full of bar girls. What else? You know, and phalanx. Hot. Hot bar girls. And he has a certain look that he likes and uh, the girl that was the epitome of that vision was there. I mean, never met her before, but it his dream came true right there in front of him. Couldn't believe it. You know, the, I mean, 30 minutes later, <laughs> you know, he had a different dream, but now he's got this dream. Okay. And she was a bartender and, uh, they got to talking, you know, she, cause she just, they'll just come over to you. you beware of the ones that come over to you. No, oh, that's the biggest goddamn red flag. That's a red fucking flare. Shooting out of their ass, multiple flares shooting out of their ass and they come over and talk to you. Run, just run. You're not believing me. I know it. <laughs> I should do a guide service over there. I'd have to charge you so goddamn much because I'd, it would be so hard on me to watch you guys go through this shit. I'd, maybe I'd do 10 grand for a week, you know, keep you out of trouble. But still, even then, I wouldn't be able to keep you out of trouble because you you would fire me and, and go with the girl anyway. Because we're guys and we can't fucking help it. <laughs> if, most girls in the world, they don't know how fucking stupid we are, but the bar girls know. And they use it. <laughs> they can retire on it. Okay, so we're in this other bar and uh, I'm just looking around, not talking to anybody. And this girl came over, she's talking, 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 and, and he's like, oh, oh God, oh God, oh, I, I'm sure glad you got me away from that other girl, because this one's even better. Oh, I never believed there could be another one half as good as that. Well, this one's even better, you know. And they, okay, that was his attitude. I didn't know this girl at all. Um, and that was still in my fairly early years, and so I was still, I still held out a teensiest little bit of hope there might be a good one somewhere. Could be, you know, might win the lotto too. And a meteor might come down right through the roof right now, right now. And it might go through the top of this computer. Okay. 
It could. How long do you want to wait? I think I hear it coming. I hear it coming. Oh no, fuck it went over to the other house. <laughs> um, she's talking and, and pretty soon she gets him involved in a game of, uh, what do they call them? Te 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 um, I'm sorry, tequila shots. So the girls will set up this whole entire tray, like a big old cafeteria tray, with little ounce glasses of tequila. So I don't know how many's on there, like 50, I don't know. And um, if you want to see them get drunk and fall down and puke, um, you give them enough money to keep drinking these tequilas. And they'll, they'll, that's the deal. You give them what they ask and they'll drink them until they fall down. And so he was playing that game with this girl and, and she was drinking down, down, down. You know, the, the crowd is clapping and chanting and, and, uh, you know, for me, probably about six or seven, you know, I'm down in the dirt, down in the dirt with my tongue hanging out, ants crawling up there, you know, the, the, the I'm drunk after three, six or seven. I'd be down. I'm down. I'm out. I'm down for the night. Gone. Um, she got up to like 25. And I, I, as I recall, you had to pay, depending on how many she could drink, you had to pay more. And so he's just paying, paying, paying. And, and she let him know, you know, she falls down. He's going to have to help her out because she didn't have any friends there. She's new. She doesn't know anybody. He's going to have to help her to her room, you know. And he's thinking, oh, baby, oh, baby, I take care of you for your whole fucking life, you know. And uh, I hope, oh, never mind. <laughs> and so <laughs> I got to be really careful what I say. And so finally after, I don't know, I'm thinking 40, 40 shots. She's not down, you know, she's acting a little, little bit like this, you know, drunken buffalo thing. And, uh, but she's not down. And I don't know what happened to stop it. Somehow it got stopped. He, maybe he got tired of paying, I'm not sure. Or maybe she just said, no, I can't drink anymore. So I don't know what happened, but it stopped. Okay. So. She wanted to see him again. We stayed there for hours. And of course she sobered up really, really quickly, you know, because it's water, it was just seven up, you know, of course. Um, welcome to Thailand. And they talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. And then she wanted to see him the next day. So he came back the next day and then the next day and the next day. And I don't know how many days he kept showing up there. And then, uh, she was all excited because, uh, his, her, her, her birthday was coming up just in a few days. And she's priming him for this, you know, like, oh, baby, my new baby, um, uh, my birthday's coming up and I want to do something really big, really big, really big. And I want it to be with you, you know. He, he hadn't gone with her or anything like that. She always had an excuse of why. She couldn't go that night, you know, or whatever. And, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't pay for girls. He, 
strictly positively would not pay for a girl ever wouldn't give him a dollar so if she would have said hey oh you want me we can go you know thousand about fifteen hundred about you know he that would have been the end of it i think she sensed that or maybe she told her that he was he was pretty uh blunt about just telling him you know ask me for a dollar we're done or a buy. and uh, anyway so he's pretty excited. She wanted to spend the, her birthday with him. Big day. Big fucking day. So night before, he's all ready and he's prepping, you know. And that next morning, he showered probably three times and like he got a haircut, stuff like that. And uh, at the appointed time, whatever it was, three in the afternoon, something like that, he, well, we both went, went to pick her up. And... Uh, Walked in. She wasn't there. Figured she's in the bathroom. And she didn't come out. We waited and waited. Finally, he asked one of the other barmaids, uh, you know where so-and-so is? And she just, as she's walking by, she says, oh, she have customer today. And that broke him. That fixed him for Thai girls forever and ever because he's smarter than the average bear. And most of the people going there are not. They're as smart as the average bear dung. There's an awful lot of guys who would have said, oh, okay, and they would come back the next day. You know, give her another shot at, at fleecing them, you know. Oh, God, there's a lot of guys. How many, what percentage of guys? 50%, 60%. Really, I'm serious. Okay, so now we got to go through some of these notes because they're they're getting just too long. Um, I'm going to keep asking <laughs> this as we go through. Uh, this note says, "Are we really escaping the matrix at all by moving there?" <laughs> yeah, well, you're escaping one matrix. That's for damn sure. In the Western countries, that they're they're a they're a Shameless matrix there. Jesus. So you are escaping those. Yeah, you're, you're going to get out of that matrix. Are you going to another matrix? Well, yes and no. Uh, the thing about Southeast Asia is that not all of it is a matrix. Western countries, you know, that's up around 98% is fake matrix shit. It's hard to find any real anything in any Western country. In Southeast Asia, you do find an awful lot of reality. They're probably more like 35% matrix. So yeah, you're, you're going to get out of the matrix. You're going to get into a place that's less of a matrix. But you still got this kind of crap. I keep telling people, I say this over and over and over. Before you go, six months before you go, you go to the doctor, you start getting some kind of chemical castration <laughs> injections. <laughs> something that kills that testosterone and by six months later your libido ought to be gone and uh, then you go to Thailand and then you're going to have a happy life <laughs> happy life you, you, the complication irritation annoyance factor is going to go down by 85% you're going to go around you're going to sightsee you're going to eat delicious food 
go to the hospital afterwards, you know, <laughs> uh, you're going to travel. Cost of living is going to be cheap. Let's get castrated. I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about chemical castration. I know the, uh, the Swedes and the Scandinavians tried it for their pedophiles for a long, a long time, and that was a long time ago. Uh, they said it didn't work to stop the pedophiles. I don't know if it was reversible ever. I don't, I don't know anything about it, but if it's reversible, you know, then that's fine. Then have that, have that done before you go, probably four, five, six months before you go, get it done, whatever they're going to do. I don't know why, I don't know what it is. And you go to Thailand, you have a great time. And then when you go back, then you get it undone, I guess. <laughs> or if you stay in Thailand, you don't ever get it undone. And your life is going to be hunky-dory, peachy keen. Um, I'm in Manila right now. I had a girlfriend for a while. Well, I had a few of them. The one I had for the longest time, I threw out the window, you know. God, she was annoying. Good girl. God, she was a good girl. Good girl. Good girl. In every way, except she was just annoying. She ruined every single appliance I had in the condo. Every single one, because she had never seen them before. She didn't know what to do with them. Every single appliance, I had to go buy every, I had to replace every single appliance. Even the toaster, even the, the counter cook, cook, counter top cooker thing. The rice cooker, I had to buy a new one. Every appliance. Um, she would take a shower. In the freezing cold water. Because she'd never seen a hot shower before. She didn't know that you could flip this little switch and have hot water. You know, it was, it was just like that. Well, okay, so some of that stuff, you know, maybe that's uh, cute. You know, you teach them stuff, I guess. But uh, she wouldn't clean up after herself. and uh, She wouldn't just clean up anything at all. Just any, just, she just wouldn't clean up anything at all. She always had her friends over here spending the night, you know. So I'm in there trying to sleep and they're out here cackling. Bunch of Filipino girls. They tried to be quiet, but the Filipinos can't, you know, that's not in their genes. You go to a place like Singapore, a few other places, you go on public transportation, there's going to be signs on the inside of the buses and, and the cars and stuff. Um, and they're going to be in Tagalog only. And they're going to say something like, please keep your voices down. Please respect your neighbors because this society is quiet, you know, or something like that. The variations of that. It's only in Tagalog. It's only in Filipino. <laughs> so anyway, she out the window. Uh, now, I, when I, when I dumped her, I, I did it politely. You know, I, I had bought her a bunch of shit and I, Packed up all the stuff I had bought her and, you know, took it to her work. <laughs> Sent her a text, you know. It's polite, right? And that ticked her off. <laughs> she went around and told everybody who would listen that I was gay. Because if I wasn't gay, I couldn't possibly have kicked her out. You know, little princess singer. So, anyway, that's life in Southeast Asia. All the countries. You know, subtle differences between them, but 
they're all whacked. Okay, so are you escaping the matrix? Um, yeah, yes and no. Y you are to a large degree, but okay. And then I still got that note there. Says, uh, somebody wrote in, they just had one word, it says driving. And I, I'm trying to think of what I'm missing there. And then another one here, I think I covered this. It says, why would anyone like Cambodia? Well, I worked for a long, long time, years, for a ranch. They had 1,100 sections of land. Uh, I had a lot of cattle out there. A section of land is 640 acres, so they had, six, uh, they had 1,100 square miles of grazing. And they're not a, not a, not another home lot. It's all just high desert scrub. And they were getting hit pretty hard by rustlers. And they hired me to be rustler patrol because I lived exactly on the other side of their range from the ranch headquarters. So they hired me to do rustler patrol. And I, and they, I had, I had, a, I had a couple of good horses, but if I wore them out, I could use any of theirs. They rode only Mustangs. Um, these were tough guys. Jesus Christ, they were tough guys. I cowboyed around with them for a while and I couldn't even begin to keep up. Holy Jesus. They would take off from their ranch headquarters and they would ride a hundred miles as a group to get to the starting point for the hundred mile race. And that's all yuppie horses, you know, shit like that. Oh, they're very color coordinated and pastel colored, you know. Little pink cells and shit. These guys rode 100 fucking miles from the ranch to the starting point of that race, and they'd ride the race, and they'd fucking win, and then they'd ride 100 miles home. Okay, tough fucking salt of the earth. Jesus, goddamn Christ. Anyway, so I rode rustler patrol for them for some years. And if I saw somebody out on the range, and they and they parked out there, they got a cattle truck, they got a, got a horse trailer. And they stop in the middle of nowhere, and they get out, and they're looking around looking for our cows and they'd see them and then they'd, they'd walk over and they'd flank them and they very slowly, you know, just start moving them toward the open doors of their, of their uh, stock trailer, you know, shit like that. And I'd be you know, three, 400 yards away on a, on a little ridge somewhere. And they'd hear a clink, and uh, then just a couple of seconds later, they'd hear the, the pop from the gun, from the rifle. And I'd take their tires or their engine. Uh, the owner of the ranch wanted me to shoot them. They said he had many, many times. And uh, some of the ranch hands showed me little mounds where he claimed to have buried them. We never dug them up, never told anybody. Uh, he he wanted me to do that, and I said, "No, I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go to prison. You know, maybe they deserve it, but I'm not going to prison. Oh, we'll protect you. Oh, I, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, old old Jesus Christ. Anyway, the point is that I don't have a problem with rough life like that. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it really quite a lot. So Cambodia is a rough life." Um, and if you have a problem with a robber in Cambodia, you can take care of it. Thailand, you, you can't. Thailand, if somebody robs you and you hurt them, you're going to jail. You're going to get deported. 
In Cambodia, you can take care of yourself. In a couple other countries, you can't too. Cambodia more so than any other. They have a little bit of a code of decency, you know. So I respect that. And uh, Cambodia is okay. I, I could easily end up back there. I'm not sure. So anyway, why would anyone like Cambodia? Well, that's why. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, here's one. Somebody wants to know about what, what it's like driving around Thailand. Okay. Well, I, I told you many times it's the number one most dangerous, deadly country in the world, period. Statistically, it is. Um, documentably. And I have crisscrossed the country, east and west, top to bottom. I don't know how many times, can't count. On every kind of motorcycle, big and small, every kind of car. Um, in the early days, you know, I'd see the posted speed limit. But I'd go pretty much that speed limit. You know, if I said 90 kilometers, I'd do 105. You know, figure the ticket's not going to be that big. And a lot of these stretches, are, they just go for fucking ever. Like out in the Isan, it's a pool table. It's just a flat pool table. They just go forever straight. Lines, just straight line roads forever and ever, and they're flat and straight. And you're going to piss along at 100 kilometers? How See, how many miles an hour is that? Um, I think 100 kilometers an hour would be like 70 miles an hour or something like that. You're going to do that forever? No, <laughs> no, you go crazy. Um, so I had... Uh, well, I had a, I had one motorcycle. It wasn't much of a motorcycle, but it would do 150 miles an hour. Uh, and I would just peg it. I just peg it at 150. You know, lock the throttle wide open and just do 150 all the way across. Okay. And I for the for the first few trips, I was careful. <laughs> then I was getting a little faster, a little faster, because you won't see cops in in patrol cars. Or if, if you do see them, you're not going to recognize them. But um, mostly they get you with cameras or they get you with roadblocks. They don't follow you around and hit the lights and pull you over. It can happen, they, and they do it very occasionally, but not like America. Jesus, goddamn Christ. I don't think there's anybody left in America who hasn't been pulled over 23 times by cops in cars. I mean, people are being raped and killed and... And and they got to do that for seven over, you know, really? And then they'll threaten to shoot you. Okay, well, anyway. I finally made one trip way up north. Kind of like from the south to the north. And I was bored and I hadn't gotten any tickets before. And I was starting to think, well, shit, you know, just, I don't know. I just don't see any cops. I'm, I'm going to go a little faster, a little faster, a little faster. And, and I did. I drove all the way up at whatever speed kind of fast and spent a few weeks up there. I got done, came back and uh, didn't think anything about it. I'm lucky I didn't get any tickets, you know. <laughs> and then it was like a month or two later, uh, they started coming in the mail. They got me on cameras. And uh, I was doing fast, you know. If it was posted 90 kph, I was probably doing 140, okay. <laughs> so that's a little bit over. And I said, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. Three of them came in one day. <laughs> and I thought, oh, God, this is fucked up. 
And I opened them and was looking at them, and they're all in tie. You, you know, it's hard to figure out what's what. Uh, I did figure out the how how much over I was going and shit like that. Looking around, looking around, trying to you know trying to read the chicken scratch. You know, tie their alphabet is like uh, if you ever see a chicken walking through the mud, or ten ten chickens walking through the mud. That's a tie alphabet. <laughs> You're not going to figure it out. They have forty four characters and. I think they have 48 or something like that. They don't even use like the last four. So I finally got down to the bottom looking for, okay, how much, how much is this ticket? How much is this ticket? Now? And, uh, one of them I remember for doing 140 or 145 in a 90 is like $9. I thought, what? what? Oh, no, 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 no. That must be like the tax on the fine or something like that. And the and the other, the next one was about the same, you know. Like one was eleven. Anyway, the whole bunch, the whole bunch finally showed up. The entire ticket load for that entire trip was thirty-two or thirty-six dollars. And of course, that was just letting the genie out of the bag. You know, they should have never done that to me. They would have been much better off to never tell me how much it's going to be because I would have stayed down around 110. Once they did that, then, you know, genie's out of the bottle. And after that, I did what an awful lot of guys uh, finally end up doing. You just drive as fast as you want to drive. And if you get some tickets in the mail, well, what the fuck ever, you know, you saved a day getting <laughs> to your destination. So if you can do 200, you just do 200. I mean, the roads won't support it, but um, it's dangerous to be going that fast on American roads. It's almost suicidal to be going that fast on those roads because there's no really um, controlled access freeways. There, there's a couple that are kind of sort of a little bit, but no, they still got dirt roads coming out to them and you are still be hauling down there at 165 miles an hour. And uh, up ahead, you see some dork head in a goddamn tuk-tuk, and he just comes barreling down some dirt road right onto the freeway. Doesn't look, never looks. And uh, hopefully, you you know, you're not going to be able to slow down in time. You could just swerve over and get around him. But so it's really dangerous. And and dogs, there's dogs everywhere. It's lousy with dogs. You're going to hit a dog. You hit a dog on a motorbike at 160. Uh, you need to have some really good uh, anti-skid gear, you know. You'd probably survive if you had really good gear, but if you don't, it's going to grind every inch of skin off your body. <laughs> You're going to look like a skinned chicken. Uh, so anyway, that's what it's like driving in Thailand. It's really dangerous. The people are they're somewhat rude, but they're just stupid. I mean, I went through one stretch. I was going... From Western Thailand over by Myanmar, I was going all the way into Isan in a, oh, it was a, it was a pretty good bike. It was a, a sport bike. And I went through this long section of highway where it was, it was raining lightly and they had sanded the roads. So there was a little film of sand on the road. So it, it was pretty bad slippery shit. And it was uh, two lane, narrow two lanes. And you're on the left side, of course. And for this long stretch, probably 60 or 80 miles, for whatever reason, I never figured this out. 
the traffic, the opposing traffic was kind of clogged up with trucks and things. And so there was a lot, a lot, a lot of passing. And the people coming at you would not look to see if there's anybody coming at all. They would not look. They would just jerk it out into the oncoming traffic and try to pass the truck or whatever. It was the craziest fucking thing. There's nothing you can do. There's no way you can stop fast enough. You just got to get over onto the shoulder at 100 miles an hour, you know. And they're just barreling right on by you. They won't get over at all to help you. So you're going in the dirt. And I got to the point for that whole stretch, the whole 60 or 80 miles, where every time I saw them doing this, I would get over far enough so that they weren't going to hit me, but only by inches. And then I would just, I would just hold my hand up like that so they could see me. You want to stop and come back and fight, motherfucker? Come on. I, I, I did that probably, I don't know, 30, 40 times in that stretch. Just hold it out in front of me, you know. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you like that. And they saw me. They don't care. Nobody wanted me bad enough to come and fight. Probably couldn't have caught me anyway, but. Um, everybody has a wreck in Thailand. Everybody, I don't care who you are, especially if you're on a motorbike, you're going to get hit. You're going to get hit. I can't even count the number of people who got really screwed up being hit on motorbikes all across Thailand. Now, I, I rode there for 10 years. I don't even know how many miles I, I, I had probably... Probably had 14 or 15 motorbikes in that time. I never put less than 10,000 miles on them, on each one. Um, and I just bought them all the time because I liked them. I like to have different colors and I like to have different, try this one and try that one. And slow ones and fast ones and whatever. So 150,000 miles maybe in the 10 years. I rode all day, every day, all day, every day. Had many, 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 many close calls uh, that I survived by dumb luck. Probably a lot of stuff I survived just from skill because I was, it was good. You know, I, I was a good rider. I came from Hayabusa's in the USA doing, you know, over 200 miles an hour. And I was careful and I had driven truck. I, I had been a semi tractor trailer instructor for a long time and an examiner for a long time. I, I knew what people were probably going to do. And I was a pretty good, but I, I don't care how good you are. I don't care if you're Jesus or Buddha. Um, being good in those, in that kind of an environment is not going to keep you alive. You're, if you want to stay alive, you're going to pray for luck because luck's only thing that's going to keep you alive. Being good, skillful will keep you alive a little longer, but you know, eventually I would have got hit, maimed, maybe killed. Eventually it would have happened. There's no question it would have happened sooner or later. It had to. It's just the, just the odds. You know, it's just going to get you. Um, if you're going to go there, if you're going to do any driving, um, whether you rent or, or buy, get the biggest SUV you can that you can afford. Only SUVs. Only SUVs. Big ones. Big old Toyota, whatever. Um, 
and that's going to give you the most amount of safety you can get. You're, you're better off to fly to wherever you want to go, take a train to wherever you want to go, even a bus. They get oh God, they, they got some buses to kill for. They have stewardesses on the buses in uniforms on the top end buses. And by Thai standards, they're super expensive. By our standards, they're pennies. And they're nice. That seats are, oh my God. And you can order food and they'll bring it to you, stuff like that. Drinks, TVs, TVs. So take take one of the high-end buses. Not that many of them in Thailand, but, but you know, there's enough. You reserve a seat beforehand. They're usually not too crowded because they're considered too expensive. Each one will have two or three stewardesses. What's, what's the modern term for that um, flight crew? <laughs> you know, I guess flight crew. I don't know. Um, in fact, one of them even has the word air in its company name. Uh, so take a bus, take a train, take a plane. When you get to where you're going, then you rent the biggest SUV you can get. Uh, reserve it in advance because they're in, in high demand. They're going to be a little bit expensive because a car costs what a car costs, regardless of what country you're in. Um, sometimes you get way up in the north, north of Chiang Mai, Chiang Rai, up in there. And it'll get a little nippy sometimes. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe one or two times for a winter, it'll, you actually get frost for, you know, like 20, 30 minutes. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's nippy. Uh, don't be surprised when your windows are all fogged up and you go to hit the defrost and it, and it doesn't get warm and the windows won't defrost and you think, wait, 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 oh God, fuck, it's a brand new goddamn rental car. It's, it's broken. It's broken. It's broken. How do you turn the heat up? On? No, there, you can't. There's no heater. There's no heater in any car in Thailand. It's not installed. It's not like they don't have the controls. The heater itself is not installed in the car. They don't have one. No home has a heater. So that's that, that has been a problem, you know, quite a few times for me. Uh, gas is, you know, fairly cheap. They got a whole bunch of grades of gas. It was always confusing to me as to which one I should have for which vehicle. And, um, they pump it for you all the place, you know, like Oregon used to be, pump it for you. I, I don't know why. Well, because I do know why, because labor is just stupid cheap and they don't want people pumping and then pump and run, you know, that, that, that would, that would be just rampant if they let you pump your own gas. Um, so traveling is, is okay. The traffic is going to be insane. Insane, just insane. Obstacles everywhere. You're going to stop at big old truck stop kinds of places. Get your gas and then you go park and then you go to the bathroom and then you want to go relax for a while and eat, you know. Well, you're not going to find Denny's or any kind of place you're used to. It's going to be weird Thai restaurants are going to give you rice and hot dogs, you know. That's pretty much it. Pretty much it, really. Uh, they're, they're, the rest stops, the... the uh, the places like that, the truck stop kind of places, are not comfortable at all. The Thais think they are, but and, they, and it's always going to be a little dirty and dingy, and 
you know, nothing's going to be constructed properly. And, you know, there's almost always a 7-Eleven. You go to 7-Eleven, get some, you know, horrible shriveled old hot dog that's been on the grill for eight or nine hours, you know. So that's what, that's what driving is like. Uh, road rage is, is rare. Except with the flangs. Phalanx road rage wherever they go, they bring it with them. Almost always the Brits. I would say, I w okay. Oh, I know. The vast majority of trouble I ever had in traffic was with the Phalanx. And in those cases where I could identify where they were from, it was, God, almost always a Brit. Almost always. Jesus Christ. Okay, so driving, let's just take that off of there because we've covered that enough. I think we hit on it one time before. Okay, cross-country trips, getting gas, cover that. Okay, people want to know more about the various uh, nationalities you're going to find here. I, I told you in the beginning that the first thing you're going to notice are the Brits. They're going to be the loudest, and there's a lot of them. Good God, there's a lot of them there. Uh there's a lot of, the second most prevalent nationality is probably the Russians. There's a shitload of Russians. You're going to see freeway signs in Russian, even if they're not in English. So the Russian presence there is huge. Now the Russians, um, I never had one positive experience with a single Russian there. I did have a few positive experience with, experiences with the Brits. Some of them were damned nice. Good friends. Not very many. Easily count on one hand. If I was missing two fingers, I could count on one hand. The positive experiences I had with Brits. Um, hundreds of bad experiences with them. The Russians, uh, I never had a good experience with a single one. No, that's not true. That's not true. I did have one. He came and bought a motorbike and a computer. Nice guy. What was that? What was that? That cartoon series? Uh, fuck, ter terrible me or Despicable Me? Yeah, you remember that guy in Despicable Me? I'm pretty sure that was the title of it. Okay, this guy was that guy. <laughs> he was exactly that guy in every possible way. Um, came with his wife. And while we were doing the forms and filling stuff out and making photocopies, she wandered around, looked at my photo, uh, photographic equipment and stole a, uh, about a $1,300 lens. In a positive, there's no question about it. I don't think he ever knew it. She was a Thai, that was his Thai wife. I don't think he ever knew it. And I didn't have her on video. I had everything except her on video. Because I was moving and I had taken my cameras down. And she got that lens. Into her purse, gone out the door. So, so I did, I'm not holding that against this guy. Maybe, maybe poor choice in, in women, but, uh, my girlfriend saw through her instinctively 
hated her within 15 seconds, hated her vehemently, violently, and was just screechingly rude to her. I, I couldn't see it because, you know, the cultures are that much different. You cannot see evil except after a long, long time. And they can't see it in us either. That's why they keep getting screwed over by phalanx. Um, anyway, the, the girlfriend ended up with just a running, screeching fight with this woman. And I'm thinking, God, she's going to fuck this deal, you know, because it was going to be like a $3,500 computer and about a $4,000 motorbike. And my flight was coming up. I needed to get them gone. And I didn't want to blow that deal. And, you know, God, that girlfriend was, she couldn't help it. She hated this woman that much. She saw through the woman and I didn't. Uh, anyway, so one good experience. I, I don't know anybody for the whole decade I was there. I don't know one single person who had a single positive experience with a single Russian. And I know lots of guys who tried, lots of guys would bring him in and help them. They, they always need money. You know, they can barely get there. And they can only get there when the Russian when the Russian economy is up. If the Russian economy collapses while they're there, they're fucked. They can't get home. They're there on shoestrings and pennies. So I got to the point anyway, where no Russian was allowed in my complex. I didn't know that guy was Russian until he got in. But um, they walk around in little groups and they'll start fights. They go into bars, start fights. They are just ignorant pit bulls. Now, I just came from that region last winter. Ukraine, Romania, the whole Eastern Bloc. I dealt with lots and lots of Russians and Ukrainians. I didn't understand either language. Now, the, the, the Russians are all mixed in with the Ukrainians in Ukraine. It's, a, it's an uncomfortable situation. I didn't understand either language. And of course, they look the same. And so I would meet all these people. I was working in a uh, an orphanage, charity kind of thing. I had a steady stream of people coming through. And about half of them, I would just instinctively hate their guts because of the way they acted or the things that they said after somebody translated, hated them. And the other half, I liked them really quite a lot. Hard working, down to earth, friendly people. Okay. The ones I hated, it came to be, I didn't know it, at the moment I hated them, they were Russians. And the ones I liked were Ukrainians. They are different people, they're different people. Um, so you got a lot of Russians in Thailand. I didn't see many in other countries. I don't see really hardly any at all in Philippines or Vietnam or a few in Cambodia. Not too many. Very, very, they like Thailand for some reason. They've got a foothold there somehow. Well, they must because the, 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 the Thai government has given them, you know, freeway signs in their language. So they got something going on there that I'm not aware of, but um, nobody will ever invite them over to do anything. Nobody will intermingle with them at all. 
you walk around some of the sites and there's four or five of those guys and they're all drunk and they're all loud and they'll smash into you as they're walking. You know, you're alone with a girlfriend, they'll smash into you. You know, they'll lurch over and hit you like that, try to knock you down. And they'll just laugh and laugh and laugh. Well, what are you going to do? You can't carry any kind of weapon in Thailand. You can fight five of them. No, you're going to give them a hard look and keep looking at them till they're out of sight. And that's all you can do. That's all there is. So, fuck the Russians. Uh, next group probably is going to be the East Indians. I think I heard people complain about the East Indians more than they complained about any other group, any other nationality. Everybody complains about the East Indians. Everybody hates them. And I do not know why. All my life I have liked East Indians. <laughs> I do. Not a single East Indian has ever done anything bad to me. They they can, yeah, they're pretty. They can be pretty scammy people. I I wish they would take more showers, you know. Uh, if you ask them, you know, really, why can't you take a shower? You know, God, you can use mine. Come on, come on, like that. You're like that because they're they stink so bad. Really, like a dead rotting goat. Really. Uh, and they'll say, well, in India, uh, we don't have enough water. I say, you're not in fucking India, are you? We got plenty of water. You know, just turn on that shower. Oh, no, because it's my custom. We don't, we don't take a lot of shower. Well, I don't care about your fucking custom. You know, you're stinking. People can't even sit next to you on the couch. We don't even want you on the couch. You know, God, I love you. I love you. I love you. But it, <laughs> you know, you're like that. It's that bad. So that's the only complaint I've got about East Indians. Um, my landlady here in Manila is East Indian. God, I love her. I love her. I do. She's great. She's been great to me. Well, pretty much. She's, she's a teensy little bit scary, but nothing like the ties, you know. Uh, it's mostly East Indian guys. Virtually hardly any East Indian women. Sometimes they come with their wife or their girlfriend, but mostly it's guys. Because India is not very far, you know. It's just a hop over the Indian Ocean. I don't know what it is. It's only like three or four hours or something, depending on what part you're going to. Um, so I don't know. I, that's a kind of a dichotomy to me. I don't know why everybody hates them. Really at all. I, I can't remember anybody ever articulating a, a logical reason for hating him except for the smell. Uh, I ate a lot of East Indian food while I was there. Love it. People were nice. I, I, I don't know what the hell's going on with the East Indians. I, I could live, well, I don't know if I could live in India because that's, never tried it, but I certainly I certainly developed no animosity whatsoever towards East Indians all the time I was there, and everybody else does. So you figure it out. I don't know why. You know, go Google it. Why do people hate East Indians? I don't know. I never Googled it. I didn't care. But um, okay, next group. Oh, next next group Germans. The next smallest number of nationality there is Germans. 
The Germans are, I don't know about Germans in Germany. My wife was German. But I, you know, shit, you can't, you can't judge what you think about a nationality um, just because your wife came from there. All of her relatives were German. Uh, you know, she was first class, as good as they could ever possibly come. And I'm not saying that just because she's gone. I'm saying it because it was true. And I thought that every day. And I didn't tell her enough. That's a fucking mistake. Tell them. You think that about somebody, you fucking tell them. Tell them today, this hour. And you don't stop telling them because there's a real shortage of decent people in this world. Um, I do know that the by far... The most, the biggest nationality that takes ladyboys is German, by far, by a huge margin, and and gays and and the young gay Thai guys. Um, they had a beach, not far from there. It's kind of like the German beach. Um, and then the fat old Germans would sit there. The old walruses they would sit there in their lawn chairs, and, and the the young gay Thai guys all knew that that's where they're going to get their food. So they swarmed around these guys that sit on their laps, uh, kiss them all there in front of all the tourists. They just kissing, 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 tongue kissing with these fat old German guys. The, the, the guys are 16, you know, 15, 16. Uh, they're in bikinis, the guys, with little tops, all tanned and thin. And the Germans are just fondling them and They'll have sex sometimes there in, in the lounges, you know, with everybody walking by. Um, that cost me a lot of respect for them. I had one landlord who was German. Uh, he was a nice guy. I liked him a lot. We went around, we did everything together. Um, he had gotten in a little motorcycle accident due to a low tire. He'd rented a motorbike tire, was low, slipped on some gravel, went down, fucked him up pretty bad. He ended up in the hospital. They did an operation down in Phuket and uh, fixed him up pretty well. Fixed him up. Cost him an arm and leg. He didn't have any insurance, so he's making payments on that probably to this day. But I fixed him up. Okay, sent him home. A couple of weeks later, uh, he was just getting kind of ambulatory, you know, around a little bit. And his daughter, I guess, came running over to my place. I lived right next door to him. And she came running over and said, oh, God, he's, he's really sick. He's dying. I think he's dying right now in the bed. you got to come quick. I don't know if they knew. I had I had um, EMT training. I was a, for a smoke jumper uh, squad, uh, forest fighters, forest fire fighters. And I didn't get to practice it hardly at all. I wanted to really bad. I wanted to do some little operations out there in the woods, you know, so I'll go there, it's fine. But I never got to do any shit like that. But I had the training anyway. But that, that was like five lifetimes ago, and I don't remember anything, you know. Tourniquet, let's see, where's it? Where's that tourniquet go? Oh, yeah, it goes there, right? <laughs> you know, that's all I could remember. Anyways, I guess they knew about that. I might have mentioned or something. So they came running over, come quick, come quick. He's dying. He's, oh, fuck, he's dying. He's dying in the bed right now. So I ran over there. <laughs> He's laying in the bed on his back. And they threw open the the covers, threw off the covers. And he's got, he's got the stitch line across his belly. Big fucking, I don't know, like five feet long. You know, he's, he's a biggish guy. 
and it had split open for 10, 12 inches, you know, for probably half of its, <laughs> of its length. Um, but there wasn't any blood. What? What's going on? You know, your fucking guts are hanging open there and there's no blood. What is, what is it? Well, he had gotten an infection. And when I looked at it, instant I looked at it, I mean, within three or four seconds, I knew exactly what it was. I couldn't remember the name, but I knew exactly what it was. And I have no clue how I would have known that because EMT training did not include anything like that. Our, our stuff was first aid stuff. We never covered anything about infections that are going to happen after the fact, you know, three weeks later. We, we positively did not cover that. I had never seen this condition in my life. Never heard of it. And I said, well, he's got, he's got this, you know. Oh, we, we got to call the ambulance. I'm like, well, you know. He's got to go to the hospital, that's for damn sure, but he doesn't necessarily need an ambulance. You know, we can take him in the car. He's not going to die at this minute. He's not going to die in the next hour. He's got an infection, and it had cre created gallons and gallons and gallons of pus, white, yellow pus. <laughs> he was terrified. Uh, it had covered the entire bed. It was a, The bed was a lake of pus. It had soaked into the mattress as far as it could. <laughs> the mattress was saturated and then just built up, built up like a lake around his ass. So his ass is the heaviest part, you know, and it's pushing the bed down in the middle. And he's got a lake of pus, a lake, a lake. I mean, a duck could swim in it, you know, that's how fucking bad it was. I know it's disgusting. Well, suck it up. You're an adult. I hope. <laughs> um, and it looked really bad. I mean, it looked to him and to them like, oh God, this, this, this these are my guts. You know, I've, ah, oh God, uh, you know, I got two or three breaths left. That's it. I'm, oh, I'm going. I, oh God, oh, St. Peter, I see. I, I'm coming now. You know? No. <laughs> so anyway, we got him up out of there. They got all the towels they could get and we wrapped him up. And every time he moved, it's glug, glug, no, another pint of pus. Jesus fucking Christ. It was pretty nasty. It was it was bad. But I had worked on horses, you know, for many, many years, and I saw all kinds of horrible shit on horses and cows. And, you know, this was about like, <laughs> about like that. <laughs> this was like a, a cow that had died, you know, well, let's say 10 days earlier, and the guts were putrefying, you know, and, and they'd split open in the <laughs> in the sun. And now they're all just look. <laughs> like a bog of eternal stench or, uh, you know, was that green shit in Ghostbusters, you know? <laughs> and it was a little bit greenish too. Um, so anyway, we bundled him up and, and took a bunch of blankets and, <laughs> and put him in the back seat so he wouldn't re ruin the back seat of his brand new SUV. And we laid him back there, took him to the hospital. And they said, oh yeah. You ain't leaving today. <laughs> they, they cleaned him all up and they got like some kind of a car wash nozzle thing and they hosed out the inside of his gut. It's a, an infection that happens to the lining of the guts, essentially. And there's a really clear name for it. What the hell is it called? You can Google it. Um, 
And so the pus just builds up and builds up around that lining, mostly I think from the, between that lining and the skin. And he was fat and so it, you know, he probably didn't notice it for a few days. Um, so we got him in and they cleaned him up, hosed him out. And they, and they stitched up about half of that. They left an opening pretty big, you know, six or seven inches. They just left that open. And they started uh, a bunch of drips and uh, antibiotics, IV, really nasty antibiotics. Because this was getting to the point, you know, he, he had had it for a while, obviously, to build up that much pus. So this is something you got to get on top of, you know. I mean, taking an extra 15 minutes to get to the hospital, that's not going to cost him his life. But, um, and he had no insurance. He, you know, didn't want to pay for the ambulance anyway. Uh, but really, you know, within an hour or two of getting there, you needed to get that shit going into the veins. And they did. This was a really good hospital, same hospital that I had been to 10 times in one year. Um, he was in there four or five days, something like that. Just getting bored. And anyway, every single day, in the beginning, I think probably a couple of times a day, they would come in and then and his gut was still open, you know, yeah, let's see, seven or seven inches, at least seven inches. Um, and they'd put the gloves on and they'd reach out, <laughs> put the whole hand in there, you know, halfway up to their elbow, mostly up to their elbow, really inside his guts. It was, it was unnerving to see, you know, but nothing you wouldn't see doctor and a horse, you know, <laughs> and we would joke while they're doing this shit. And, uh, he didn't think that was all that funny. He still thought he was going to die. He was older. He was 65 probably. Um, so every day they had to clean this out at least once a day, probably twice a day. And they would do that. And once they had, once they had manually scooped out all the pus with their hands and they, and they would get shocking amount. I'm thinking in the early days, of course, his body is still producing pus. You know, he's on the, he's on the abs, but the abs don't really start reversing the shit for, you know, two, three days, two, three days. It's like stopped. And then th three, four, five days, it starts to reverse. Okay. In the meantime, the body's still producing that pus. And he was, Jesus Christ, he was producing it. I'm thinking they got, I don't know, it looked like a lot. I, I want to say half a gallon of pus out of there every day. Every, t every day I saw it. Half a gallon, I think. Maybe it was less. Maybe it was a pint and a half. Or, uh, yeah, maybe a pint and a half. Or, no, it would have been, fuck. It would have been a quart and a half. Maybe. No less than that. No less than that. So after about five days, whatever, they, they let him go home. And then he had to go back every single day to uh, to get this cleaned out. And he did that for like a week. And and every couple of days, they would take a couple of more stitches and start to close up that big <laughs> fucking shark mouth hole in his gut. Jesus Christ. And they were trying to close it up, close it up. Because as they scraped out the pus, you know, the inside, the, the inside of the skin would start reattaching to things. And because it, and it, it was healthy tissue now, and it would start forcing out 
it, it, it would make a smaller and smaller cavity for the pus to be in. So they'd get less and less pus and the cavity would get smaller and smaller. And they, but they never would sew up the hole to the point where you couldn't get a small hand in there. Uh, and he did that for quite a while. And they, they raped him. They charged him a shitload of money to do that every day. Every day. They, they switched him over to oral abs. Really strong ones. Made him really, really sick. And he couldn't stop. He'd just lay there and puke from the abs. Not the infection, from the abs. And he couldn't stop them. It was horrible to watch. Um, and then finally he got, he found a Filipino nurse who would, uh, a guy who would come over to his house and do that every day. So they set up a little kind of a medical station in his bedroom and, and, uh, and this guy would come in and expertly, really fine work, clean him out every day. And every day I got smaller. And after about two weeks, two and a half weeks, maybe they finished this, they sewed him out completely. Um, and then they watched him really closely. He had to come in, come in every day or, or somebody came to him every day to check it, you know, see if, see if he's producing any more pus in there. Uh, and then once or twice he did, he started to produce more pus. The infection kept trying to come back and they'd hit him with more abs and it would go away. And, and he fought that for probably a month overall. And then finally it stopped coming back. And the sutures were healing, and they, they finally came out, and it was okay. Now, the reason I tell you this long, convoluted story is that I have another story about this exact same condition. I'm going to tell that somewhat later, maybe a, a pod or two down the road. I'm not sure. That's going to be a longer story exact same condition because in Thailand this is a common condition. Maybe they don't autoclave things all that well, maybe the gloves, maybe they do really don't understand sterile procedures all that well, I don't know. Um, but it's fairly common. I heard of it quite a bit. God, I can't remember the name of it. Google it. Infection of the lining between the abdomen and the lower belly or something like that. You'll come up with the name of it. It's a simple name. Uh, and they'll tell you exactly what I just told you. I always thought it was so strange that I recognized that. I knew instantly what that was. Three or four seconds I knew, oh, it's this. I don't know where I ever, I, I'm positive I wasn't trained at an EMT school. Positive. There was no reason for them to. I don't know. I I don't know. I you know whether or not I knew it wasn't it didn't have any bearing on whether or not it saved his life. He was <laughs> going to go by ambulance. You know, if I didn't know anything, he was going to go by ambulance. But maybe I was able to take a little bit of stress off him. I don't know. Anyway, so I stayed there another year. Or no, I was there like two or three years in his house. We get along great. We went out to dinners, played with his kid. I was big into uh, Oculus VR. We had several sets. Had a, had a girlfriend and a kid would just come over every day, every day, every day till the batteries were dead, you know. Um, he had a daughter who was adult. Half Thai, half uh, German. And spoiled brat. 
Sorry, I shouldn't have spoiled that. Spoiled that. Spoiled that. She was uh, well in her 20s, I believe. Mid-20s, probably. Uh, anyway, so I didn't have much to do with her. She had a dog I loved. And we, we just got along great. We were just great. Okay, so I finally... Oh, we started having trouble with various appliances. The stove shorted out. In fact, shocked the piss out of my girlfriend. Shocked her really badly. Knocked her down. And we turned it off and told him, hey, the stove shorted out. Something wrong inside. You gotta get it fixed. And he just never would. That went for a year, probably. He wouldn't fix it. So we had to bring in a, a, a countertop stove and cook on that because he wouldn't fix it. Uh, a bunch of other stuff went bad. Uh, he had a little back storage room in the back right next to the jungle and the fucking snakes and shit were coming in through cracks in the, in the concrete. And uh, it was only a matter of time before somebody opened a door and then got struck, you know, probably right in the fucking wiener. Um, and I was on him, you know, look, you got to seal this up. Just get some caulking, seal some of these bigger holes, keep the snakes out. He wouldn't do it. So I ended up doing that at my expense. Um, what oh, we had one, two, we had three air conditioners in there. It wasn't a bad little unit. It had three air conditioners. Um, and one by one, they all broke. Um, and he got the last one. He replaced the last one. So then we had one working in the living room. He wouldn't fix the other two. Uh, I paid technicians to come out, well, three times, three times, I remember, to fix the one in the bedroom. And they tried and tried and tried, and they just said, look, we can't fix it. And, and uh, so I'd get another tech, and he'd come up, no, we can't fix it. You know, it's got to be replaced. And, the, and the, the, this German landlord would not do it. He wouldn't do it. He was a well-off guy. Well, he, his, his wealth went up and down. It came in streaks. He owned about I don't know, probably probably 10 houses, owned a resort. Um, he wasn't hurting. I don't know why he couldn't pay that hospital. I never figured that out. He should have been able to just cash him out. But we finally had enough. We asked him again and again and again and again and again to fix the air cons. Uh, we finally ended up with a fan in the living room, we'd have to run the big air conditioner in the living room all night, set pretty cold, and then we had a big fan trying to direct some cooler air into the bedroom so we could sleep. And he wouldn't fix it. He just wouldn't fix it. He just wouldn't. And we just got more and more, and more frustrated. And finally, it's, that's it. Done. Gave him notice. Um, it turned out that we were paying X amount for that place. We went a couple of miles away and found a gigantic mansion, fucking two-story, like a six-bedroom, beautiful marble pillars in front, big yard, beautiful fucking place for the exact same price. Okay. Anyway, I had given him first and last. I gave him proper notice. I had the place professionally cleaned, like I always do. Um, when we moved in, he had a vinyl sofa there, and it had arms, armrests on each end. And they were all cracked and nasty and shitty, as vinyl always gets. 
you know, it, it took years for him to get to that point. Nasty, nasty, just cracked and uh, spy, spider web cracks, you know, like glass gets. And I had mentioned that to him once or twice, but it, it was okay. You know, I, I put doilies over him or whatever. And he, he, you know, just didn't care, whatever. And so it's, we did the walkthrough, the final walkthrough. And I'm expecting my deposit back because the place was way cleaner than it was when we moved in. And I had fixed a bunch of his broken goddamn shit. And he walked around and he said, well, you know, this sofa, um, these armrests are cracked up. And I said, yeah, they were. You know, we talked about that. They were. They were when we moved in. No, they weren't. This sofa was brand new. Well, it takes years for those armrests to crack like that. Years. And you can't do that through mistreating them. It happens with age because the vinyl is cheap. And in any case, that's called normal wear. And that's not the tenant's responsibility. Yes, it is. No, it's not. You come from a civilized country. You come from Germany. It's not the responsibility in any civilized country. Yes, it is. I said, okay, what's, what's next? What else you got? And there was a, um, there was a lamp on a little end table thing. And it had a wire going from the lamp across the wall in a, in a shallow arc. And it went to a plug in about six, seven feet away. And this, the cord on this thing had collected some dust. And some of that dust had sort of leached over to the wall because it's because the cord was only like an eighth of an inch from the wall. And some of the dust that had settled on the cord had gone over and settled also on the wall in a, in a line, you know, that went along that cord. They said, oh, look at that. And I said, well, it, okay, yeah, the wall's dirty right there where the cord is. Um, this is your lamp. You put it there. We never moved it. I didn't put it there. And, uh, I said, okay, oh, okay, okay, forget it. Um, and I had a handkerchief in my pocket and I started to wipe off. I just pulled the cord back a few inches and I started to wipe down the line of the cord and it just came off, you know, it was just dust. And he says, no, 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 don't do that. We, we got to paint now. Well, this will have to be painted. And I'm like, no, look, I, I just wiped two feet of it. You can't even tell where it was. What are you, what are you talking about painted? And he says, well, you know, it's, it's just fucked up now. Uh, we got to paint that. We got to paint it. And I said, okay. So you're going to paint this little section of the wall, right? No, 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 no. We got, we got to paint the whole apartment. We got to paint the whole apartment because that's, uh, you know, we'll never get paint to match that, you know. Okay. So that was, and he just went down the line like that. Every single insane, illogical thing. And I got angrier and angrier and angrier because it was just a scam to keep my money. And it wasn't that much money. This is, this is a rundown little rat trap in a shitty soy. 
and the rent had been very cheap and the deposit was only one month's rent. And I just thought, what the fuck? You know, if, if we're in America, we're just going to small claims court. You know, I had a video of the place when we moved in and I was taking a video as I was going out. We just go to small claims court and you're going to pay me. But that's Thailand. You don't do that in Thailand. They can't. There's nothing like that. So in the end, he gave me back like 20% of my deposit. And uh, I didn't say anything. I didn't say thank you. I didn't. I just took it, got on the motorbike and rode away. About two weeks later, he sent somebody over to my new house. They had somehow figured out where we moved to. And asked me if I wanted to come and visit this guy. What the fuck are you talking about? This guy stole my fucking money. Why would I go visit this piece of shit? Oh, okay. And, and then that was the end of that. I never heard from him again. Oh, I did too see him. I saw him in immigration. Uh, I don't know, a couple of years later. And he tried to be friendly and smiling. And that didn't fly. So I'm talking about landlords, and we're going to talk about landlords at, at great length. I've got a whole website, huge. I told you it's, it's like 30, 40, 50 pages of, well, this one focuses on one particular bad landlord um, rental agency in Thailand run by Phalangs. These guys are Australian. Uh, and that website has hurt them very, very seriously. And I'm going to make sure it continues to hurt them for as long as I can. But renting a room in Thailand any Southeast Asia country, any of them, all of them, they're all equally fucked. Fucked. I wish I knew a stronger word. I don't. I could use fancy words, but they don't have the same punch as fucked. They're going to steal from you pretty much every time. And what I learned was, here's the thing that I learned out of all this. I had a little tiny bit of trouble with Thai landlords. Very, 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 very little. Everybody screams about the Thai landlords. I don't know, for whatever reason, I had almost no trouble with them. All of the trouble I had, and it was all big trouble, was from Phalanx, from whatever country. Uh, Phalanx. The Phalanx businesses in, in Thailand on all these countries, they're far more dishonest and scammy than the, than the people of those nations. Jesus Christ. So anyway, we moved out of that place and went on, went on to the next adventure. By this time, I had a girlfriend... Uh, <laughs> Pisod, fucking Pisod. The Thai word for devil is Pisod. So it'd be like P-E-S-A-D. Pisod, Pisod. That, that's a, the direct translation to devil, Satan. So we will talk at her at some considerable length because you're going to get one too. <laughs> it's going to be Thailand's gift to you. Oh, yeah. And you need to be aware of just how nasty they can be. 
Now, in this particular case, she loved me. And here I'm going to say a really terrible, terrible, illogical thing. I loved her. Still do. <laughs> Pisod, I loved Pisod. And I'll tell you some of the shit that she pulled. Don't know why. I don't know why I loved her. <laughs> I don't know. I have no clue. Okay, so we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, I saw shitloads of notes here. I didn't even cover 10% of them. Recovered various nationalities. What other nationalities are there? Really hardly any. Occasionally, we would see guys from Africa show up, and they'd be in essentially grass skirts carrying spears. I don't know how the fuck they got them on the airplane. Maybe they're like, <laughs> you know, collapsible spears they can go in the, in the check bags. I don't know. They just walk around like, oh, look at that, look at that. Uh, you would see any and every kind of every person there, just any anything you could possibly imagine. And that was fascinating to me because I would just sit there and click, 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 take a picture, take a picture. God, that was, uh, I told you I've got 107,000 pictures that I haven't even served yet. They're in Lightroom and they're in folders I haven't even gotten to. So, okay, so we're done with nationalities, right? Oh, Americans, how many Americans? Very, very few, very, very few. I think I knew maybe three, maybe three, maybe four, maybe I forgot one, maybe there was four, hardly any. Because it just took a long goddamn way from the U.S. It's a long fucking trip. It's a long trip to Thailand. Jesus goddamn Christ, when they had a direct flight, it was like... Uh, 13 and a half hours. Now you got to hop. So that's going to bump it up to probably 20 hours by the time it's all said and done. That's a horrific fucking trip. So the guys from the U.S. just don't go there all that much. They go to the Philippines. It's easier. It's closer. They got directs to the Philippines from almost anywhere in the U.S. Um, Canadians, God, I knew like one or two um, oh, Chinese. Chinese. Okay, I'll just make a note. Okay, we'll, we'll look at Chinese in the next one. Oh, I got Chinese stories. Oh, God. Okay. So, there we go. We're done. Thank you very much. There we go. Oh, yeah, we're not, we're, we're doing okay, but. Not tired. <laughs> Thank you very much and uh, good evening. And Sausage Cup. <laughs>